hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hey, and welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast, an adulting advice podcast production. I'm Danny Sheriff, and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. Let's dive in. And guys, please remember that I am not a doctor and nothing on this show should be taken as medical advice. Always seek the advice of your physician. Hey y'all, just a heads up that today's episode is a recording from a YouTube video that I recently released and I just like to make sure that all of the goodness gets on all of the platforms. So that's why it sounds a little like it is or it might sound a bit like I'm assuming you can see me in it, <laughs> but it's a recording from a YouTube video. So if you want to check that out, you can always go to youtube.thehasociety.com and you can find my YouTube, but otherwise enjoy today's episode. Hey, welcome back to my channel. Today we're answering a little fruit salad of questions. I did a ask me anything on Instagram, got some good questions and thought I should bring them on over. So if you have any questions that you want for a future episode, either follow me on Instagram because I ask pretty frequently 
send me a DM with your question or comment below if you're watching on YouTube. So let's just get straight into it, shall we? Should you wait three months post pill before going all in? So this question is basically, should I wait out the recommended three month waiting period after going off the pill before I freak out that I have AJ take on like the rather intense all in method. And it's entirely up to you. So on one hand, if you've gone off the pill to get pregnant, you know, it's only going to help you to make sure you're just not putting your body through any more strain than it needs to be going through. If you have a hunch that you have HA, like you went off the pill and you have dieted a lot, you've had a lot of weight loss, you exercise a lot, it's a good chance. It's probably smart to up your food intake, but I am, you know, curious. Not a lot of people know about HA immediately going off the pill. So if you are generally um, not working out excessively, generally not dieting too much, and you're just, you know, confused why you didn't get your period back straight away, your hormones can take a little bit of time to figure themselves out, and that could be all that it is. But yeah, it just depends. <laughs> it just depends. If you want your period back right now, it's really not going to hurt to increase your food intake and reduce exercise. If you want to wait and see the three months, there's a no one judging you for that. Question number two was, how soon do I need to have breakfast after waking? You guys have probably heard me talk about this a million times. It's actually really important. It's surprisingly very important. Waking up, having breakfast is breaking the fast. When we're in HA recovery, we just don't want to be fasting. There are some girls who um, are at a stage of their recovery where they're so hungry, they're waking up in the middle of the night to eat. Yes, get up, beeline for the kitchen, make some breakfast as early as you possibly can. This is really important. Cortisol rises early in the morning. It's the stress hormone spikes, and that's what wakes us up naturally. And then in the evenings, it naturally decreases, which is what allows us to get sleepy and go to bed. Cortisol also spikes when we're in a deficit and we're hungry and we're underfueled, which explains, side note, a little bit why sometimes we actually feel really good when we have HA because that cortisol spike can actually feel really good. But the truth is it's a stress response and that's what we're really trying to mitigate here. So it's not necessarily just that you're in a calorie deficit that we want to be breaking the fast, but also because we want to be reducing your stress response. Eat breakfast early. Is eating adequate amounts, but having gaps between food really detrimental? So just like we were explaining in the last answer, we don't want to be putting ourselves in a fast for too long. So when this person says having gaps in between meals, I'm going to assume they're talking about basically being in micro deficits. Maybe they mean they're just not a snacker, so they would rather have breakfast lunch and dinner and not have snacks in between maybe they mean they want to in a minute fast and not eat anything until lunchtime a micro deficit can be detrimental most likely no it, no one would recommend it for anyone right now you're trying to address a problem that stems from an energy deficit of some kind so allowing yourself intentionally to be in a food deficit this is low-hanging fruit and this is not this is just not something that we should be letting happen on our watch.
So snacks in between meals where possible. Um, if you're not a snacker, I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't much of a snacker during recovery. Those big meals is gonna be where it's at, but make sure you're having breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And like we said before, having breakfast first thing in the morning and for many people, it's very, very beneficial to have a snacker before going to bed as well. So, and don't skip dessert. Now is the time for dessert. I am really excited about this project I have been working on for weeks. I think it's awesome and I think it's just what you need, which I know it is because I've been polling, asking questions and understanding what do you guys need from me. So I'm, I'm so psyched about this. On April 27th, I am holding a live seven day recovery commitment challenge. I know that committing to actually make the changes and getting the tools that you need to stick with the changes is really tough. And that's why I want you to do these two things. I want you to sign up for this challenge today and I want you to put it in your calendar so that you are ready. I want you to make that first step to commitment to prove to yourself that you can absolutely do this. I want you to do it so that you have a 100% start date so that you know that once we begin on the 27th, we are definitely doing this. No take backsies. This challenge is going to be you and me and the other amazing women who join the call meeting every single day for seven days. And we're going to cover why your period's missing and how you're going to figure out your unique plan to get it back. We're going to go over building solid, healthy meals to ensure that you are getting all of the nutrition that you need. We're going to talk about seeking support from medical professionals, partners, family, and friends. And we're going to talk exercise, of course, reducing or fully eliminating exercise. Which one's for you? How do we bring exercise back into our life? Do I even want to bring exercise back into our life? All of those questions, we're going to go over that. We're going to look at your lifestyle, the daily routine, the life stresses. Where can we find room for improvement that you're missing? And we're going to cover mindset shifts, the ones that are really going to get you across the line and get that period back. The real mindset shifts, no fluff here. And lastly, we're going to cover recovery troubleshooting. So when you're doing all the things and they're not working, we're going to talk about what to do next, what to look at next. And we're going to do Q&A. So you can bring all of your questions and answers. So in these seven days, you're going to cover a lot of things and you're going to gain a whole lot of knowledge. And we're going to have a special guest on the final date to help you go in depth on the mindset tactics that we talk about. And she's going to do the Q&A with me. This guest is Meg Doll. She's a registered nutritionist spiritual coach, creator of the Back Home to You program, and of course, the amazing host of, you know, sister podcast, friend of the show, The Unbreakable You. So before we meet on each call, you're going to have a quick one-page workbook to fill out so that you're prepared and really absorbing the material that we go through. This is not a multi-week get your period back program. This is a seven-day intense, you know what you need to do. So let's do this challenge. <laughs> and yes, I promise we're going to talk about food and exercise and eating enough. And I will answer any and all questions, concerns, 
negotiations that you want to try and make on those things. And we're going to create action plans that help you have quick wins and make leaps and bounds of progress. So real talk at this moment, if you have ever heard me talking on the podcast about AJ and you felt like Danny is in my head because I am, I am you absolutely. And you need to join this challenge if you resonate with the things that we talk about on this show. I'll be talking directly with you and you'll absolutely get face-to-face time with me. And you can even email me in between calls with questions. I want to make sure that you are making progress in this seven days. So we'll uncover your insecurities. We'll work through them and get you committed to sticking to the plan. So are you ready? If you're thinking, no, I don't think so. And then you're just going to go back to pondering if you'll ever get your period back or if HA is even your problem. And then you go and find the next podcast episode to listen to or the next Instagram account to scroll through looking for answers. I just, I need you to stop. I'm going to need you to stop, take a breath. Why in the world would you not do this with me? I am definitely talking to you. It's only one week. And yes, there are replays. So if you miss a call or you're in a a time zone that's just not going to match up, we have you covered there. So what are you waiting for? Join the challenge at challenge.thehasociety.com or head to the link in the show notes of this episode. That's challenge.thehasociety.com. Stuck in quasi-recovery because normal BMI, 22, and one hour a day of exercise, seven days a week. So it's not really a question, but I can tell that the question is, I'm really struggling to take the steps that I need to take to get out of HA because I struggle with the fact that I don't feel like I fit the bill. I only exercise for one hour every day and I have a normal BMI of 22. So I love this. Let's (laughs) break each one down just a little bit. 22 BMI is just not that big, especially for a girl. It's just not that big a number. Yeah. And it really depends, right? Like well, I don't know, how did you lose weight to get down to 22? It's not so much about, it's not so much always about what your body fat percentage is. It can sometimes be the journey that you took to get to the body fat percentage that you are. Someone starting at any starting body weight could lose as little as five to 10 pounds and see their period go away. It's not always about the body fat percentage. It can be about what your body's gone through at the percentage that you have it at now. So I really wouldn't look too much at this number and I kind of hate that it's um, it's a metric, but I think that we hold on so, so tightly to a number for something. We really just need to be able to measure like a body fat percentage. What was the average weight loss? How long did it take you to get your period back? How much weight did you have to gain? Like, I get it, it's helpful to have these numbers, but I mean, they're all just numbers and averages, and you're not an average, you're an individual. And then the one hour a day exercise, 
I'm not sure if you're saying that because you feel like that's super reasonable. I get it. Most fitness classes, like one fitness class a day is a one hour. But when you really think about it, there's usually a warm up process and a cool down process. And one hour is a lot of exercise. If you're doing a 30 minute run, that's a lot of exercise. So it really depends what you're doing here. But if you're in, if you have HA and you're exercising one one hour every single day, that's that's just not helping you. And so you shouldn't necessarily be in this quasi recovery or any kind of denial that this is not the path for you. Reducing your exercise is going to be really important. And if that's um, hard for you to do, which I understand for so many people, it's a challenge, then I recommend you try and reduce that to 45 minutes and then 30 minutes and then 20 and take that seven days a week down to six and to five. And if you need to go slow, you can. I'm not in the business of making anyone feel bad for the path that they need to take to get to where they need to go. Mm -mm. No, but a BMI of 22, exercising one hour every single day is not a recipe for recovery. Oh, and this person has sent me a side message too that they take, they eat um, 2,500 calories. And also remember, this is just a metric that was given by average the average amount of calories that women in studies said they needed to get their period back. Yes, this is great, but you're an individual and it's the minimum. 2,500 calories is the minimum recommended for someone who is following protocol where they're not, where they have no period and they're now not working out and they're not exercising. So if you are exercising your minimum needs to be significantly higher than 2,500 calories. Like you need to be bumping that up. The Sometimes I think that the 2,500 calorie thing, oh, I get that it's super helpful for a lot of people to have that number and that permission to hit that number, but everything has its pros and cons. And putting the number 2,500 out there has made it really difficult for people who struggled once to eat past a certain amount of calories now they struggle to eat past 2,500 and they really shouldn't. This is just a number based on self-reported data. Remember, the self-reported data is really quite useless. So if the majority of people said in a study, report they reported that they ate 2,500 calories, they probably didn't, probably ate 2,800, 3,000. People are so bad, so bad at self-reporting that you know, many of us look at any self-reported study and we just don't. We just don't. So I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're stuck making progress towards getting your period back because you feel like you don't fit the mold or you think that you're not doing enough exercise or restricting food enough that you should have lost your period, um, I really challenge that like really lay it out in front of you and say, how much exercise am I actually doing? Because I think a part of the reason that we think that working out for only one hour, seven days a week is totally fine is because society has absolutely led you to believe that it is. Training programs go for one hour. Exercise classes, they go for an hour. People who work out every single day, that is so very glorified. That's just, it's, it's ridiculous the very high expectations that have been put on the average person to 
maintain this regime. You know, people in ye olden days were active. They weren't exercising hardcore every day. And now we're at a place where we're exercising hardcore every day. So look, there's a difference between, between being active every day and going to actively exercise every single day. So if you can instead start gardening, walking your dog, uh, doing, I don't know, stuff around the house, like that is what we talk about an active lifestyle versus the very common sedentary lifestyle that people have now where they sit in front of a computer all day long. That is where the recommendation for daily exercise comes in. Where are you taking that a step further? Maybe you need to take that a step back. Okay, I rambled on about that. Turns out I had a lot to say on it. Yeah, last question. What to do with short luteal phases five days after having had HA? So a five-day luteal phase is super short. We definitely need to lengthen that. The you know minimum <laughs> that your luteal phase should be is 10 days. Ideally, it's a little bit more. But I do know plenty of girls who got successfully pregnant on a 10-day luteal phase. So we're going to go with 10 days. And it's pretty common post-HA. Now, a short luteal phase is also very common post-HA. I had that problem. I had six, seven, eight day luteal phases. And the fix really is to go back to what was working for your HA. So often we get our period back. We're super happy about it. And it becomes less of a prominent issue in our life, right? When you first go through HA, you're like absorbing all this information. You fully binge the HA podcast. You watch everything under the sun. You read the books that are available and you're just super focused. Then you get your period back. Life becomes a little bit more normal, especially after you've had a few of them. This is less of a, a prominent issue in your life. And things that you used to be diligent about in order to get your period back are now gone. Like eating breakfast first thing in the morning. Like making sure you, you know, eat enough at meals or having snacks between meals. Maybe you're you're back at the gym and now maybe you're like running late and in the habit of not eating as much or at all at all before you go to the gym. If you're seeing short luteal phases, especially after AJ, it's time to look at like where might your routine be accidentally sneaking back into old habits that aren't helping you. This is huge. So make sure that you're not drinking coffee before you work out. Make sure that you're still eating breakfast as early as possible in the morning. You're not skipping meals. You're not choosing low-calorie food items again. You're bulking up your meals with healthy fats. All of that stuff, all of the fundamentals, just go back to basics. So many of our answers around recovery and, and what to do, like troubleshooting your periods post-recovery, a lot of it comes down to going back to the basics. So... Okay guys, that is it for this video. That was super fun for me. If you have another question that you want answered, please submit it, let me know. And before we head out, I want you to know about the seven day recovery commitment challenge. So for a while now, I've had this seven day recovery commitment challenge. It's all by email and you just sign up and get it for free. But I have fully expanded it. And now on April 27th, we're going to have a fully live version of this. So 
on April 27th, a bunch of us are going to commit to recovery together. Every day for seven days, I'm going to get on a Zoom call with you and we're going to go through all of the steps. You get a whole bunch of information each single day on all of the different fundamentals for making the decision and the, the commitment to recovery. There's homework, just some writing exercises to do beforehand. And then we hop on a call together and we go through some of the material and we dive a lot deeper into it. So it's a really cool, super fun <laughs> challenge. It's the first challenge I've ever done. It's the first challenge I've ever hosted. So I'm really excited about it. I've already built out all of the material way in advance. So I really hope that you'll join us. If you want to, just go to 7daychallenge.thasociety.com or the link will be below. Register for the challenge. Mark your calendars for all of the seven days of live calls. And I will see you on the Zoom. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.